Tuesday, August the 24th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the Taliban's evacuation deadline and Pfizer-BioNTech's approval in America. First, the world in brief. The Biden administration will reportedly decide within the next 24 hours whether American forces will remain at Kabul airport past August 31st to oversee evacuations. It is under pressure to delay its deadline if necessary to extract all Americans, allies and the Afghans who aided them. But a Taliban spokesperson called the date a quote, red line and warned of quote, consequences should America tarry. Around 37,000 people have been airlifted out since August 14th. The Taliban named an acting head of the Afghanistan Central Bank. Haji Mohammad Idris, who led the Taliban's economic commission, was appointed to help stabilise the country's collapsing economy. Banks have been closed, government employees unpaid, and many businesses shut while the militant group seized control. The prices of basic goods have also risen sharply. Joe Biden urged employers to require vaccines of workers after the Food and Drug Administration granted full approval for the use of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine on people aged 16 and over. It is hoped that the authorization will persuade some of the 85 million eligible unvaccinated Americans to get jabbed. Until now, the vaccine had been approved for emergency use only. Researchers published a preliminary assessment of the role of climate change in the devastating floods that killed more than 220 people in Germany and Belgium last month. Scientists working for the World Weather Attribution Group concluded that global warming has made such extraordinary rainfall up to nine times as likely as in the pre-industrial age. The pace of America's economic rebound slowed to an eighth-month low in August, according to business surveys. IHS Markets Purchasing Managers Index registered 55.4, down from 59.9 in July, still well above 50, the reading that separates contraction from growth. Supply chain bottlenecks and labour shortages, exasperated by the spread of the Delta variant of COVID-19, dampened activity. India will sell $81 billion worth of state-owned companies over the next four years, according to a government think tank. The move forms part of a massive privatisation plan announced in the budget back in February. The government said it would maintain its presence in just four sectors, including atomic energy and defence. And fact of the day. 41%. The share of respondents in Sierra Leone last year who said China's influence on their country was positive, down from 55% in 2015. And now, here's today's agenda. Epidemiological Enigma The Origins of COVID-19 As many as 18 million people may have died of COVID-19 since the first case was reported in 2019. Millions more have slipped into poverty because of the pandemic. Yet one question remains unanswered. Where did the virus come from? In May, Joe Biden ordered American spooks to complete a 90-day report into how the virus spread worldwide with a focus on the theory that it began with a lab leak in Wuhan, China. Today is the deadline for them to deliver their conclusions. In their initial report, the intelligence agency said they were split between an accidental lab leak and, quote, zoonotic spillover, whereby a virus jumps from animals to humans. The final report is unlikely to produce a more definitive answer. China's unwillingness to cooperate, characterised by a consistent refusal to allow further investigations on its territory, means the world may never discover the true origins of COVID-19. Meanwhile, the disease itself continues to devastate millions of lives. 
Democratic Deadlock America's Budget It is unlikely that Joe Biden will have complete control of Congress past the midterm elections in 2022. Much of his legislative legacy is thus tied up in the gargantuan $3.5 trillion spending package that Democrats are preparing. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, had hoped to start the process by passing the budget resolution this week. But she faces defection within her own ranks. Nine moderates insist that they will withhold their votes unless the House first passes a bipartisan infrastructure bill recently approved by the Senate. In an op-ed for the Washington Post, the nine accused some of their colleagues of trying to quote, hold the infrastructure bill hostage for months or kill it altogether. Ms Pelosi, worried that progressives won't go for the infrastructure bill until they are certain the spending package will be delivered, has insisted that the two bills must arrive on the president's desk in tandem. The rebels may scupper that plan. After the horse has bolted. Boris Johnson's Afghanistan Summit. Today, leaders of the G7 group of rich countries will hold a virtual summit to discuss Afghanistan. Because Britain currently chairs the G7, Boris Johnson, the country's Prime Minister, will preside. He and other NATO allies have voiced their dismay at Joe Biden's abrupt decision to pull all American troops out of Afghanistan. The move triggered a collapse of the Afghan government and victory for its Taliban jihadist opponents. Mr Johnson's team say he will press Mr Biden to extend the August 31st deadline for withdrawing troops so that people who worked for Western allies can continue being evacuated from Kabul airport. But the Taliban have called August 31st a quote red line and warned of quote consequences if any foreign forces remain afterwards. The group also says that those with the correct papers will be allowed to leave the country after August 31st. But Afghans fearful of reprisals quite reasonably mistrust such promises. No wonder that thousands are scrambling to escape. The New Jobs Tim Cook's Decade at Apple Tim Cook celebrates his 10th anniversary as Apple's chief executive today. In 2011, even the computer maker's biggest fans worried that he was destined to fail. How could somebody who made his career organising global supply chains and scrutinising spreadsheets fill the shoes of an entrepreneurial giant like Steve Jobs, Apple's co-founder? Those doubts have been more than assuaged. In financial terms, Mr Cook has been more successful than the late Jobs, who died shortly after stepping down. Under Mr Cook's aegis, the firm's net profits more than doubled to an estimated $57 billion last year. Its market capitalization grew sevenfold to $2.5 trillion. And the quote Apple economy, the firm's annual revenue, which last year was $274 billion, plus everything other companies make on its platforms, has also grown sevenfold to more than $1 trillion. That is an amount equal to nearly one in every $13 generated by all the companies in the S&P 500 stock market index over the past 12 months. On to the next, the Paralympics. The Paralympic Games, which begin today in Tokyo, will see more than 4,500 athletes compete across 540 events in 22 sports. Among them are two that belong only to the Paralympics program, Bocha and Goalball. Bocha is similar to Patang. Each player or pair has a set of six balls that they must throw or kick as close to a white jack as possible over a match lasting several rounds. The Bocha events are open to players with cerebral palsy or other conditions that impair their gross motor skills. 
In goalball, meanwhile, teams of three visually impaired athletes compete to roll, bounce or throw a ball into a goal at the opposite end of the court over a 24-minute match. The ball contains bells to help players gauge its position and trajectory. The importance of hearing to goalballers means that the matches are played in total silence. As with the Olympics, the Paralympics will be played in front of empty arenas. But organisers hope that media coverage will put the sport in the spotlight. Summer Quiz Week 6 Ready to beat our baristas yet again in our summer quiz? For Week 6, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Tuesday. Which Michael Lewis book recounts the lack of preparedness of the Trump administration for crisis management? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Max Beerbohm, who was born on this day in 1872. Only the insane take themselves quite seriously. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.